I was just at the Pentagon yesterday with C.Q. Brown, who's the Air Force Chief of Staff, and I said, is anybody at the Pentagon talking about reducing these deployments? Hi there, and welcome in to a brand new week of Celebrity Salute. Dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I am Randy Miller. You know Nora O'Donnell as the anchor and managing editor of the CBS Evening News. We love having Nora on. She's always fighting for veterans, and she's always reporting on serious veterans' issues, and a lot of that resulting in more benefits for veterans. She's fantastic, she's patriotic, and we are so proud to welcome her back to Celebrity Salute. How are you? I'm doing very well, Randy. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, you know, it's so great to talk to you, and it's so great what you do, especially with our military, because uh, there are so many questions, uh, so many struggles that they have, and this latest reporting that you did, you took a closer look at the struggle facing military spouses, and and that's an area, Nora, I'm sure you know, that... It doesn't get a lot of attention, and especially this situation when they're trying to get a job and they can't transfer their licenses in a, a lot of cases, and, and so they they either become unemployed or underemployed. And you talk to some of those military spouses, right? That's right, Randy. I mean, our military families are so important. Military spouses. I'm from a military family. You know, my right. my dad served in the Army for 30 years after being drafted during the Vietnam War. My sister now currently serves in the Army. And so, you know, I have a sense of some of the challenges that military families go through. But this was one that I, I call it kind of a pull your pull your hair out yeah, kind of story. It's ridiculous. You know, it's ridiculous. You know, after everything that people in the military have to go through, now spouses who want to work can't work. So, what we found out is that about 40% of active duty spouses need a license for their job. They're nurses, they're teachers, they're therapists, for example. But apparently, if you move states, you can't transfer those licenses. You have to do all the paperwork to do all that stuff. It takes a long time, as you know, to do paperwork. It just adds an extra burden for these military families. And so, you know, by the time they get through all that, the job has probably already been posted and given to somebody else or they're on to their next deployment. So there's some common ground on Capitol Hill on this. Republicans and Democrats agree it's a problem. Wait, wait, so wait, get, wait what? The, yeah, the, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so turns out, turns out, yes, yes, your your faith can be restored for some issues, right? <laughs> right. Our military. So we... um. We actually went up to Capitol Hill to talk to uh, uh, Republican lawmaker, Democratic lawmaker, co-sponsors of this bill called the Military Spouses Occupational Licenses Act. It was signed into law earlier this year by President Biden. And what it does is it allows you to transfer those licenses state to state. Great. Awesome. Right. Right. Well, we talked to some families who say, well, it's not working out yet. And then I think this is one of those examples of just where. What Congress passed hasn't been communicated clearly, not only to the states and governors, but also to families. So that's part of why we want to share this message. And yeah, it is one of those pull your hair out things because uh, not only do these military spouses, had they gone to tremendous 
you know, schooling and and time to to uh, earn these degrees, but then they can't use them. You know, you talk to uh, the the one military spouse, Amanda James, whose husband's in the Air Force. She's got a teaching certificate and a bachelor's degree, but she's only been able to find positions as a library assistant or a child and youth services assistant, and that's, that's criminal. I mean, you know, and and credit to you, Nora, for actually going to Capitol Hill and and tracking down the people who passed this legislation. Were they surprised at all that it wasn't working out yet? They weren't, actually. I mean, one of them, Congressman Garcia, who is a Republican from California, he's actually a former F-16 pilot. So he's familiar with some of the issues. And he said, you know, look, we've got to do a better job. And he also reminded people, which I think is a good thing, to, uh, you know, to kind of put in the back of your, your head is if something's not working out, obviously, there's usually a family liaison office on base, but also call your member of Congress. That's right. what these lawmakers are supposed to do, constituent services. So they can be helpful if you're kind of, you know, having having trouble uh, as you move around from from state to state. But you mentioned Amanda James. Her husband's in the Air Force. She's lived in five states in the last 10 years. Wow. And she says she's been underemployed, right? She's got a degree to be a teacher. But it wasn't only that she couldn't transfer her license, but then once these schools found out that her husband was in the military, they were reluctant to hire her, Uh, thinking that she may move a lot. Which, again, is just, uh, it's really upsetting to me. And, you know, it's one of the things that's come up. I've started asking this came up when I did the 60 Minutes piece uh, a couple months ago on the USS Nimitz and naval deployments that are just really difficult for families. And I was just at the Pentagon yesterday with C.Q. Brown, who's the Air Force Chief of Staff. And I said, is anybody at the Pentagon talking about reducing these deployments, not only overseas, but also why do you have to move every two years? Right. Like, Why can't you stay at a base for a longer period of time? It allows you to maybe be stationed near extended family that can help with child care. It allows the spouse to get a job in a school or be a nurse or, you know, a therapist or whatever, whatever they are qualified to do or may have a license to do, you know, reducing that. He did point out, and, and CQ Brown is expected to be the next chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He did say now that the deployments, you know, the war wars in Iraq and Afghanistan have wound down. That has helped reduce the overseas deployments. But they are looking at ways um, to help military families because they're having trouble retaining and recruiting people. All the branches are having a huge recruitment. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's the worst timing of all for this. And, you know, you mentioned the uh, the reluctance to hire someone whose spouse is in the military. You know, that's been a problem for a long time with reservists, you know, uh, reservists uh, that are that have to go and, and complete uh, some of their training on a regular basis. Companies don't want to hire them. Which and, is such a mistake because, as we yes. know— Anybody who's in the military, you know, they're disciplined, they're rule followers, they love their country, you know, they're some of the, they can be some of the best trained people. And so I know a lot of corporations have been out front on this issue, uh, but on yes. this particular about spouses and licenses, I just think getting the message out there. So if anybody's listening, you now, there's a federal law, you can now transfer your license state to state. So if someone says to you, I'm sorry, your nursing license doesn't work here in X state, you can say, no, there's a, there's a federal law that was just passed um, to address this issue. You are exposed to accept it. And that's true for anybody. Yeah. I hope it doesn't get into the issue though, Nora, as, as some of that legislation does of uh, the states blaming uh, the government and then the government blaming the states. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just seems like it would be such an easy thing to work out. Doesn't, doesn't it? 
Yes. And, and for anybody, you know, and everybody knows how maddening paperwork can be, oh. you know, anybody who fights their insurance company for, you know, healthcare, certainly that can be maddening. And it just, I think it just adds this extra burden to our military families that they don't deserve. And, you know, the other thing I, I learned and was reminded of is, you know, a lot of these families are surviving on one income because the spouse can't work. And that really, you know, makes, makes the budget tight. It really does. Well, and, 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 and as you reported on earlier from uh, from a couple of different bases, uh, the the food insecurity. I mean, what do you think leads to that? I mean, if if well, these, you know these spouses are ready to go to work and and take care of that. Well, as we were up on Capitol Hill, um, we spoke with Congressman Garcia and Congressman Carbajal, and they reminded me that the the entry level enlisted salary is about $21,000, $22,000 a year. That's $11 an hour. Oh, wow. Wow. And so they said they're actually trying to address that in the new defense appropriations bill and and bring that up to, you know, what is at least a minimum wage um, in many of these states. So they are looking at that. So hopefully, you know, help is on the way. But I hope everyone has an appreciation for, you know, not only the, the sacrifice that our military families go through, but there are ways to address, you know, some of these um, burdens that they face with legislation to make it easier for people to work and and do what they've been trained to do and take pride in doing. Take pride in doing it and and want to continue their service in the military. Because the other thing that uh, that's kind of grabbed me from your piece was uh, the fact that a lot of the the military spouses, since they can't work, their active duty spouse has decided then to end their career with uh, with the military early. I'm and glad you brought that up, Randy. It's yeah, because absolutely. We talked about recruitment. Well, they're also having trouble retaining people in the military. And, you know, I know, you know, like my dad stayed in, I mentioned 30 years, you know, my sister's going to stay in 20 years. If you wow. stay in the 20 years, you know, it's like being a police officer. Right, you get right. a part of your pension. It's a good idea. But for many of these families, it just doesn't work out. And one of, um, we talked to a family, Michelle Wintering, she's a speech pathologist. She's had trouble, um, you know, finding work. Her husband's in the army and they told us he, they are going to leave the military early because of their, of her employment issues. And so that's, that's not good if, if we're losing some of, you know, America's finest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, and I think, financial. Right, and I think you mentioned, you know, it's a matter of national security and it, and it absolutely is. Uh, but what are you going to do? You know, if you're in the military and your family's starving, you can't put food on the table. I mean, there's, there's not too many options for you there. I know, I know. And so I do think there has to be a whole of government approach to this. It does seem to be on people's radar, as I mentioned with these members of Congress and President Biden signing this. Well, yeah, you don't want Nora O'Donnell walking in your office and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Come on. Of course it's on their radar. Hey, That's Nor- right. I'm up on Capitol Hill. <laughs> if you know, if anybody out there listening knows one of these stories, send it my way and we'll investigate because, um, you know, these are just sort of those um, no-brainer kind of stories yeah. um, that we want to look into and certainly advocate on people's behalf on the CBS evening news. Um, so yeah. thank you, Randy. Well, you, you have done such a, a great job of, of just always following these type of stories. And I know that as we move into uh, Memorial Day weekend, uh, you also spoke with the top two leaders of the Air Force about kind of where uh, that's been and, and where the Air Force is now and uh, about how, how things have changed, right? 
Yeah, I was just at the Pentagon um, this week because Saturday is Armed Forces Day, yeah. which recognizes and honors all branches of the U.S. military. So we went and met the top leaders of the Air Force about, you know, where the branch has been and where they're going. And so we met with General C.Q. Brown, Jr. He's currently the Air Force Chief of Staff, um, the first African-American to ever have that role. And he it's being reported that he is President Biden's choice to be the new chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And then we also met and talked with Joanne Bass. She's the chief master sergeant of the Air Force, and she's the first woman to ever have that job. So we talked to them about Armed Forces Day, and then we talked a little bit about this, you know, recruitment problem that they're having, you know, talked about the issue of sexual harassment right. and assault. As you know, Randy, we've talked about, done a lot of reporting um, on that and, and how— you know, Americans in general can just um, better honor those those who serve. So that piece is actually going to air on the CBS Evening News on Wednesday night, and it will be online as well. <laughs> you know, and it's not just uh, just the military spouses either. I've, uh, I was asked to mentor a, uh, a Navy veteran, 22-year chief petty officer, transitioned out, and uh, she was kind of ready to leave, ready to retire. It's always a tough decision. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so I started talking to her, and she, Nora, she had so many degrees. I, I said, I, I'm not gonna, I can't mentor you. <laughs> you can, uh, and, and she, but she had the same kind of struggles. You know, a lot of times when they transition out, uh, they keep the, the military jargon and the lingo. And, you know, there are some things that, that they've got to leave behind to, uh, to find employment. But she, uh, she finally did. And she's in a great job now with a, a culture of, uh, of veterans around her. So, but it's, mm-hmm. it's tough on both sides. No doubt it is tough on both sides. And I know there are some organizations, we've done these stories in the past, that are, you know, uh, up and running to facilitate those transitions from military life to civilian life, and also to educate um, civilian business leaders about the many skill sets that those who've served in the military have. Um, yeah. All which, you know, has been pointed out to me, they always show up on time. They follow the rules. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. They're, they're team players. <laughs> I talked to, you know. I talked to one guy that was in a job interview and they said, uh, what kind of an employee, how loyal do you think you'd be as an employee. Okay. And he said, well, you know, in my last job, uh, I was ready to take a bullet for my boss. And I said, well, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good point. Good, line. good point. Yeah. That's a really, oh, that's a good one. That's absolutely <laughs> true. That's uh, absolutely true. Hey, by the way, Gary Sinise is on this uh, same show this week and his uh-huh. uh, Lieutenant Dan band is going to be playing in your, your town there at uh, Constitution really? Hall. Yeah. Oh, I need to look that up. Yeah. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know he does so much for our military families. I will look that up. Thank you for that that tip. Absolutely. And hey, uh, before you go, Nora, uh, I read somewhere that your daughter, Riley, that she got that name suggested by your colleague, uh, Tim Russert, uh, so fabulous. And we just interviewed his son, Luke, who has a new book out uh, last week. And it was all about uh, grieving and, and kind of searching for his dad. Uh, yeah. We were just all at, at Luke's um, book party at his mom's house, Maureen Orth, and um, everybody was there to toast Luke, you know, who has been been through a lot and yeah. traveled the world and writes about grief in a very moving way and his dad. And yeah, Tim Russert, I mean, what a great man, was my, you know, first boss over at NBC when I was a young correspondent starting at the age of 25 and, 
used to walk into the office and he would say, what do you know, Nora, what do you know? So I would, <laughs> when I got to, when I got to the parking lot at work, I'd actually make a couple phone calls up on the hill before I actually walked in. Cause I was, I, oh, if I run into Tim Russert, I got to deliver some, <laughs> some food. You had, to, but, you had to have something ready. I had to have something ready. I had, to, I had to be like, Tim, I knew this. I just heard this from up on the hill. So I'd always have of that, have that ready. But, you know, um, I had had twins in 2007 and then just like three and a half months after having the twins, I was pregnant again Oh wow. uh, with Riley. And I, I kind of hit it at work because I was a little embarrassed that I was going to, you know, have another child so quickly. And my husband said, would you stop being embarrassed? Tim will be so excited for you. So when I did go in and tell Tim Russert that I was pregnant again, he was so excited. And he said, you know, if I had had a daughter, I would have named her Riley. Oh, wow. And so I named my daughter Riley. Yeah. That, and I never got to tell Tim that that we had chosen that name. He died about, um, it must have been, been a couple weeks before she was born because I was already on uh, maternity leave. And uh, I'd actually taken my twins to the community pool and David Gregory was there. And David Gregory was the one that told me someone had called him and said, Nora, they just called me. Oh wow! Uh, Tim Russert has collapsed. Yeah, you know, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that moment. So Luke is an incredible person. Yes, and uh, you know his dad, a great guy. So that was nice of you to interview. It's a great book about grief, which so many of us suffer through. Well, and, and not uh, only about uh, grief, but uh, just you know life after grief. And you know he talks about. I, I thought the the stories about uh, traveling with his mom were hysterical, and, mm -hmm. and <laughs> just getting on each other's nerves as you do when you travel with family. Yeah. Oh, well, I haven't read it yet. I got the signed copy, but I haven't yeah. read it yet. It's right by my bedside table, but it's on my it's on my summer reading list. Yeah, it's it's so good. Nora, thank you so much for uh, for what you're doing with with the military and for veterans. I just uh, so appreciate your reporting on that and and kind of staying with it. I mean, you know, a lot of people report on things and and leave it alone. Not Nora O'Donnell. <laughs> I, oh. mean, I I love that. Thank you so much. Well, Randy, I always enjoy our conversation, conversations. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you, and have a, uh, a great rest of your day. You too. You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.